You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Before I get started, does anybody need new cartilage in their knees? Need a new cartilage? <clears throat> I felt like during worship that Jesus was given new cartilage in knees. If, if you want to, you know, let's just, um, let's do this. Let's just check. Will you check it out? Is there any way to tell right now? Does it? Is there any way to tell right now? It's not popping? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh it doesn't hurt right now thanks Jesus yeah come on yes thank you Lord so father we thank you for a brand new cartilage and knees anybody that's not in the room or online that needs it right now we thank you for brand new cartilage we thank you for everything brand new full functionality (laughs) yeah thank you for new life in those knees yeah in Jesus name Thank you, Lord. Thanks, God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it's good to be home. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for all your prayers. Thank you for all of your support. Thank you for every penny you gave to help make it possible. It was. I mean, there's, I'm going to tell the stories today from, from my perspective and Next week, you're going to hear from Aaron and Joe. Uh, we didn't want to cram all of it into one Sunday. <clears throat> so you're going to get to hear their perspective because, as you know, eyewitness accounts, um, if the Gospels tell us anything, are always always different because they should be um, because we have different perspectives and they had different experiences. And so I want you to hear from them and also uh, re- receive from them, even though at the end of today, we're going to pray for you all because I do feel that we got something um, um, other than food poisoning while we were there. So <clears throat> we got something spiritual. <laughs> Just had a touch of food poisoning on the last day and a half. But, you know, to be honest, it was, uh, it was worth it. <laughs> so I'm going to share with you today, and we, we just increase is happening every, every trip that we go on. And it's, I can't. It's hard to articulate even this soon after being back. We just got back on Tuesday night, and it's, it's every day there's processing that I'm doing with Jesus, and sometimes it just hits you out of nowhere, and you process a moment or an experience, and it's just because there's so much that happens in such a short period of time. Um, you can't just sit down and be like, I'm going to sit down with Jesus and process this in a couple hours. just not going to happen. Um, just not, it, it, we're not wired that way. It's, um, so... I'm still processing things, but I'm going to give you what I've got, and I believe that I'll give you enough to encourage you. And uh, is anybody, did anybody see the live feed from the crusade um, on, online? <clears throat> so we're not going to start there because though that was uh, one of the highlights, that was definitely not the only one, um, or maybe not even my favorite one, to be honest with you, which may seem hard to believe, 
um, but I'll probably end with my, my favorite one. Um, just the one that hit, there's a moment in every trip that I take when I think to myself, after it happens, I think the whole trip was worth this right here. I, like, I'd go across the world for this, to see this happen, um, for this person, for this kid, whatever it is. So, I'm going to start out with pictures. Who likes pictures? I'm going to start out with <laughs> like pictures. I'd like to have more of them in the books I read, but um, <clears throat> I can't seem to find any. <laughs> so, <laughs> for my age, <laughs> age, of, age appropriate. I have some pictures in the, in the book that I have now, maybe not enough. <clears throat> so, we're going to start off with the, with the first picture, hopefully. So, when we, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do this, we had some problems. My fault, not all the pictures and videos were uh, playing nice with, with the Mac. So, but when we landed on Tuesday, was it Tuesday? Was it Tuesday there? Was it, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday there at midnight. Um, it's weird because when you leave on Monday and you show up somewhere on Wednesday and you only travel 24 hours, it, that doesn't make sense. So we got there. Ho- yeah. Hold, hold that thought right there. So, uh, <laughs> We got there at midnight, so we get checked into the hotel, and we're, I don't know, bed three, four, five o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and pastors, so we had to rearrange the schedule, Donish had to rearrange the schedule, so the pastor's training was on Wednesday <laughs> at 9 a.m., <laughs> So I told Aaron and Joe, because I knew the schedule, I said, you guys are going to get the full experience. <laughs> Hope you know how to sleep on the plane, because you won't be sleeping. For the first 48, we'll be kind of, you know, but um, we, we had some rest in there. So the pastor's training, um, I did five sessions from nine to five. We ate lunch with them. Um, it was a beautiful time. There was about 350 pastors and leaders that came. There was supposed to be 150, but that's kind of par for the course, um, and, and that's okay. More is, is good, too. And um, the pastors, their response to the Word of God, Donish said he'd never seen that much hunger, ever. I'm not talking about in a leader's training. He's talking. I'm talking about in the 12 years that he's been doing full-time ministry, in Karachi, he said he'd never seen that much hunger in the pastors over the word. And so taught on uh, identity and, and what it is, fathers and mothers creating healthy sons and daughters, and then gave them a preview of what it would look like to come back and teach a full pastor's training on power evangelism and the prophetic and miracles and um, just doing things outside the, the four walls in, in a different way, whatever the blueprint is for their city. And it was unanimous that they agreed that it would be beneficial um, to come back and do that. And so then we got into the fifth session, which I told them, we did. I did snatch some pictures from this session, but I did tell them that this session was not to be televised. It was not to be shown anywhere uh, on social media or anything like that, because we were going to talk about some things that might be a little bit more sensitive and just go after one particular thing that I'll mention. We just went after rest. When you don't rest, what happens and what gets in there. And, um, you know, when you go that, my mentality is when you come that far to do what we get to do, to serve people, you're not going to beat around the bush. You're just going to 
go right after it. And so I felt like I had permission to Holy, from Holy Spirit to go after some things um, that were really good that I'm, I'm familiar with. You know, it's not anything uh, that I was teaching them from something I haven't experienced. And so, and pastors told me afterwards, you know, hey, that is exactly what we don't do. We don't rest. They work seven days a week. Uh, they work with urgency, which is something we can learn from them because they live in urgency. Because we live in urgent times. Uh, we live in urgent times where people are, are lost as they ever have been and following after weird things and weird theologies and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so they do work with urgency, but there also is rest that, that comes in with that. And um, so this picture that you were seeing right here as at the end of the fifth session is all of us pastors, <laughs> all of us pastors at the altar crying out to God and whatever needed to happen in their life, repentance from not resting or whatever. And so there's, the <laughs> there, there's us because I, I would rank this as one of the top three moments that I've ever experienced before in a corporate setting. It was one of the most holy moments that I have ever, it was one of those times you're just like, all hands off, Jesus has got this, like he doesn't need any help. <clears throat> so, and all you could do was just get down on the stage and just let him be him. And so it was a, it was a beautiful moment. My gosh, those pastors are my heroes for sure. And so to be able to spend that with them was awesome. We hope to be able to go back at the beginning of next year sometime. We're still working on a date for that and do that power evangelism training, which I'm super stoked about. And so the next thing that we did the very next day, the very next morning at about 7 a.m., we got up and went to about, drove about four uh, or so hours to the villages. And so we got to experience that together and see the horrendous uh, damage that the flood has done. This is the worst flood that Pakistan's had in all of its history. Um, and so thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are, are on roadsides and just makeshift tents wherever they can put them because they're without housing. And so these are some of the kids uh, in the village that we went to. Uh, there is, yeah, amazing, amazing kids. Kids are cute in every culture. And so, also Henri in every culture. And uh, <laughs> your parents have learned yet and got to teach them that. So, will you show the next one you're getting ready to, Sarah, please? And so, this is after a month of no rain. You go on to the next one, please. And so, these were their houses. And uh, next, is there one more? Thank you. And um, obviously, because of the floods, every malaria and all that has gotten a lot worse. And so, and a lot of the clean water hand pumps uh, are now unusable. And um, so, they're working on that. And the one that we got money for is going to go in about a month from now, because you can't put anything in right now, because it's the groundwater and all that, it's just, it's just not, yeah, it's just not a good time, so if you want to go on to the, the next one, please, <clears throat> so this is Aaron feeding <laughs> people uh, in the village, uh, Donish and him uh, got in those, those pots of food, 
and um, that is a traditional uh, Pakistani dish that uh, I told these guys, I told Joe and Aaron, I said, you, you, I know you'd like to try it, but don't do it. <laughs> um, rice and chicken and uh, spices and uh, so hot, make you want to cry. So... <laughs> Maybe some of you are accustomed to hot. I'm talking about even for Hispanics, it's not, it's not Hispanic hot. It's Thai spicy hot up here somewhere. <laughs> and so, it's, it, yeah, it's just they're used to it. We're not, not going to respond well in your body. So there's Aaron sharing. The, that's the first thing we did is we gathered people in this makeshift hut that they made and uh, Aaron shared the the simple gospel and Joe and I sat by and and just laughed and and cried and um, because it was just beautiful and then afterwards we were able to pray for all of the people in that particular village kids included and there were so 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 many so many miracles I don't know there was about there were about 10 people or so that gave their they got born again they gave their life to Jesus um, these are people, just let me give you an example. So there was a lady with a breast, with breast cancer that had a tumor, uh, also right here in her chest and it completely dissolved and <laughs> come on. And, uh, there was a, another lady with a deaf ear, uh, after breaking trauma off of her, um, opened up full healing. Uh, there was a lady with, she had pain all through her joints. She'd been uh, to a witch doctor multiple times to try to get help and uh, found out that Jesus was the one that she really needed. And he completely healed her. And these are people that literally, like the lady that with the joint pain, deaf ear, other people that gave their life to Jesus, they're like, we'd never heard of Jesus before. We'd never heard the name of Jesus spoken before. To us, that's baffling, right? But there are millions of people out there that have never even heard the name of Jesus whispered. <clears throat> if that tells you anything about living in urgency in the times that we live in, people that have never heard the name, there's people in our own nation that never heard of Jesus. You run into people at the mall that have been like, don't know who Jesus is. So these people, I think it was 100% of them, every person that we prayed for, 100% of them were completely healed. Um, and so it was just beautiful, and then we got to end that time, as you saw with Aaron and, and Donish, uh, we're scooping out food, got to feed the whole village, they ate multiple times, and then we handed out great big bags of food uh, with rice, beans, flour, and oil in each bag that was, I don't know how much they were, 30, 40 pounds, they were heavy. Um, <laughs> and, um, so it was enough for every family to, I don't know, maybe, maybe a month's worth of food. It just depends on, on how they ration it out. Um, because when we went there, we were going to do, Donish had proposed the idea. He said, you want to, you want to feed them and take the money from the clean water hand pump and just put it towards food. Then we decided, no, we actually would rather do both. We would rather feed them and put the clean water hand pump in because the clean water hand pump is going to give them clean water for a long time. And the food will only last for a while, and so they need both. So fortunately, we were able to do that. It was, I don't know how you walk away from a moment like that with those people and not be changed. So we got to meet the pastor that pastors those, like he's the village pastor over however many villages he can get to. 
and um, he'll go to a different one every day, and he'll just be with people, and he's teaching kids reading, writing, arithmetic uh, in certain villages, and, uh, and and then the parents will learn that because a lot of the the majority of these people they don't they can't read or write. They can't, no, they don't, haven't been to school at all. They don't know there's anywhere outside the village. They've never seen a map. They don't know that there's, they don't know that they can leave there. And so educating them is, is a really big deal to empowering them. Um, because you think with getting them saved is a big deal. Yes, absolutely, but they need to be able to read and write and add and subtract and do all those things so that they can get educated and get outside of that life. So it was, a, it was amazing time in the village. Uh, that's a, that's a long, <laughs> it's a long day, isn't it? <laughs> it's a long day, but it's well worth it. You're just relishing in it the whole time. And so after that, we had, um, we had a day where we, on Friday where we spent, uh, and they did advertisement, and we hung out, prayed, hung out with uh, the team there with Grace Network, and we're able to to get to know some of them a little bit better. We went to the mall, went to the mall, and and we did not wear our kameez, which kameez is the shirt, shawar is the pants. Um, but Joe and Aaron were able to get some of those tr- traditional uh, dress, and so hopefully you'll see them in that one day. I don't know. <laughs> They both look a whole lot more Pakistani than I do. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just address the elephant in the room. Like, <laughs> like they, they really were standing out as much <laughs> as this. So, <clears throat> so the crusade. <clears throat> we got permission back in June to do this crusade on the YMCA grounds. It's the first crusade that's been done in nine and a half years on that ground. This is the ground that anybody know Henry Madava is? Marilyn Hickey, these names sound familiar. These are the people that were doing crusades on this ground before it was completely shut down uh, by the government to anybody doing crusades there. When you walk out onto the property, when Matt and I went out there, when we were there last May, you can feel the presence of God. On the, It's saturated in the ground. It's just incredible. It's like a holy place. But for whatever reason, the government wants it. And so they're, <clears throat> and um, they'd shut down having any crusades. And so you have to get three permissions to be able to be on the ground, to do anything. We got the permission from the commissioner uh, that's over that particular thing. Um, six, seven, eight weeks ago, the commissioner dies in a house fire. <laughs> so. The, this, the interim commissioner didn't know anything about the crusade. And then the new commissioner that takes his place just weeks before the crusade says no. Yeah. So <clears throat> we get there. Donish is still fighting to get permission. And, you know, it's up in the air. He's talking to all the proper authorities and channels and trying to do everything that they can and we're just praying and believing and 24 hours before the crusade on that Friday night we went out to the crusade ground with about um, you see there's a picture that should show or is there a picture or a video Sarah um, that it would be near the video of us with the Pakistani flags uh, that's it right there I don't know will it let you play that it doesn't look like oh it will Nice. 
perfect. So this is on the YMCA ground. Yeah. That's where they were setting the stage up. So they're working um, even while while we're there trying to set the stage up because it's a I mean it's a lot. I mean you're talking about bare ground stage lights rugs sound system everything for potentially 50 anywhere from 50 to 70,000 people is what we expected and so that's a lot of setup so Donish only had us out there for about an hour we prayed we worshiped with them we left we left not long after that the authorities show up kicking chairs over knocking down lights threatening the pastors there you can't do this here and basically the pastors along with Donish said we don't care what you do to us, you can beat us, you can arrest us, we're going to do this in the street if we have to, right outside of these grounds, because if this was anybody else, um, you would allow it to take place. And so what it, it really what it is is religious discrimination. <laughs> Hopefully this is okay. And so, I mean, that's what's happening. It's plain and simple, and um, it's very obvious, it's very evident. You don't experience it here, but they do in lots of other places in the world. And so um, we are stressed a little bit, you know, we're just like, okay, go to bed Friday night, wake up Saturday, they got workers back out there um, in the morning into the afternoon, um, and everything seems to be okay, and then Donish calls about 4.30, uh, actually it's about 4.20, I remember, because I remember numbers like that, and uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> he says, hey, there's about 50 uh cop cars here, different agencies, and uh, they've blocked the gate. Uh, they've arrested a few of our workers, and uh, they say, we can't do the crusade here. We tell them we're not leaving. Uh, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> 4.30, crusade starts at 6. Keep in mind, they're doing this because we've planned it together. This was not their decision. This was our decision and so to not stand, not to go out there and stand with them, uh, to me, is, is a non-starter. You know, you're like, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure how far the embassy is from here. But uh, <laughs> we're laughing, but we were checking. And so I'm like, been a long time since I ran 1.7 miles. Not sure if I can do it with luggage. <laughs> <laughs> so we're an hour and a half before start time we're just like okay we're just whatever whatever happens is going to happen we're going to go out there and, and, and so we're just we're texting people hey pray I'm texting Leif Hetland and David Wagner and David Wagner was with 300 pastors they prayed for a solid half hour for us uh, during that time and almost right at 6 o'clock, it broke, like when the Red Sea split and, and everything shifted. And he's like, all of a sudden, they said it was okay. And I'm like, <laughs> you could feel just the weight leave. <laughs> it was like, you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you talk about going to jail or getting beat for the gospel, but nobody's like, you know, please do it. Please, please do that to me. <laughs> I'm like, I've been in plenty of jails. I'm sure that none of them compare to this one. So 
So it was a good thing to not get imprisoned. You know, I, I felt I rather enjoyed that. And so <clears throat> we're like, this is going to be amazing. We're like all the resistance we faced, we're like, you know, because what we had, what what happened is when we were deciding, when ultimately 24 hours before they had, you know, right even before they had the prayer meeting, Donna said, what do you want to do? They're offering us any other ground in all of Karachi. We can do it anywhere else. And I said, you guys got to stay here after we're gone. You do whatever you want. I want to do what's best for you. What's best for your relationship, what's best for, you know, whatever's going to be best for the body of Christ here, that's what we're going to do. So you guys make the decision. I really don't want to do it, but he's like, we can reroute buses, we can reroute people, we can, we can take care of all that. He said, let me meet with the other leaders. And so he met with about 100 pastors and leaders, the main key leaders in the city, <clears throat> and every one of them unanimously said, no, we cannot move this meeting because if we lose this ground, if we bow to them saying no now, we'll never get it back. So it was a lot bigger than us and a lot bigger than, than one prayer festival or crusade, whatever you want to call it. And so we're like, okay, we're with you. Whatever you say, we're with you. And so this actually happening, them standing their ground, them getting breakthrough and seeing the enemy bow was huge for the city. This was way bigger than being able to have one night. This was a breakthrough for the whole body of Christ in Pakistan. I'm just trying to articulate well enough how big a deal this was. I can't give you enough words to actually to describe how humongous of a breakthrough this was for the, for the body of Christ. And so us getting to be there when this happened... I felt incredibly uh, special and incredibly honored to be able to, to even be in the city when something like that took place. And so then we get the presidential, uh, <laughs> we get the presidential <laughs> escort all the way to the grounds. It was just amazing, the security, and it, it was really, uh, it was, it evidently was needed, but... Um, it was really good. So we show up, and uh, we're like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Uh, this, is on the, this is on the prayer ground still. We had Pakistani flags, and that was fun. We all brought one home with us, uh, minus the stick. And so um, you want to go to the next one where the crusade is, please? And so some of you that saw this. Nope. Uh, we'll show the promo. Will you show the promo video? That's the street meeting. Some people are giving their life to Jesus. 
I know that I've done things wrong, and I thank you for your forgiveness tonight. I break agreement with my old lifestyle. Apni purani zindagi se apna nata and I fully give myself to you tonight. I ask that you would baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Yeah, so what you weren't able to hear in the in the in the promo video that they made within 24 hours of the crusade being done was, was miraculous to me. Um, their media team, their whole team's incredible, but um, these people that we were getting to lead into giving their life to Jesus were were yelling at the top of their lungs, repeating after Donish. Um, so that was just a, a piece of it, but there were 80. 80 plus thousand people there. 80 plus thousand people there just found out that about 50% of them were Muslim. And we gauge a low, a low number would be about 70,000 of those people gave their life to Jesus to follow Jesus that day. I have a report that five whole families of Muslims gave their life to Jesus to follow him that day. Not counting all the other ones that I I I can't even I I can't even that doesn't compute still. And so my gosh, you talk about Jesus can do anything, anywhere, anytime, with anyone. And there were so many, so many miracles, testimonies that came up. Um, if you show that there should be a picture of a guy standing on stage there. Um, there's, he had cataracts causing blindness during corporate repair. They just completely disappeared. Um, 
Is there? <laughs> he was the first one that came up. He he's very happy as he should be. And uh, <laughs> is are there any more of of the crusade? Do you know if there's? Uh, I don't know if I got any more um, of the people because I, I honestly I didn't have time. So they just sent me about forty four hundred plus pictures yesterday. Actually, yesterday evening. So I didn't have time to scour through all of them, <laughs> but I did get through some of them. And so there was a guy that was had been paralyzed for three years that came up on the stage that was walking all by himself. Um, during corporate prayer, he was healed. Uh, there was a, a Muslim lady who came all the way from Punjab, which is 14 hours by car, 20 hours by train. Um, she had five or six different places in her spine um, that needed healing. She had terrible back pain. She was only able to walk with a walker. All of her back was healed. She was walking without the walker. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, there was a lady who had one of her hands was stuck like this, and she came up, and during corporate prayer, she was healed as well, completely, completely healed. Um, there was a guy that came. I had actually prayed. <laughs> That's the video that I, that was from our perspective, um, yeah, that's just a phone video. It's not in landscape. Sorry. Um, I didn't anticipate showing it. So, um, there was a guy that evidently, so I had prayed for a guy on, on Wednesday. They gave me the phone. They just say, Hey, pray. He can't speak English. Just pray. He needs healing. That's all they said. And, and so I just pray for him and, um, release healing and give the phone back to Donish when he comes up on the stage. I think he was from the UAE, which is about a, it's about two hours from Karachi by plane. And three of the four chambers of his heart were blocked. And all three of them are completely open back up, doctor verified. <laughs> which is, for any of the nurses, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, lady that had a, a tumor... Um, dissolved uh, another lady that had been had been sick um, with the headache uh, was completely healed there was a eight-year-old um, boy that was involved in uh, witchcraft um, Muslim witchcraft and um, was actually he came up on stage parents had us pray for him bam he gets slammed by the Holy Spirit so it was it was beautiful and and so 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 many others that I don't even know about. Joe and Aaron prayed for prayed for a bunch of people, but all in all, you look at that and you're like, wow, Jesus, like you did a huge thing in in Karachi tonight. So it was, <laughs> I mean, come on, that is something that we as the body of Christ were a part of. Um, just remember, you know, you're like, oh. Yeah, your prayers make a difference. Like you, people that are sent and people that are senders. And so whichever part you get to play in it, just be that part of the body of Christ, you know, and that's what you, you did. And because of that, because of your prayers, look what happened. I mean, there was breakthrough for the body of Christ that was way bigger than that night. Uh, and as big as that was, I still can't even fathom that. Like it's hard to, anyway, so... Jesus is amazing. Um, we uh, that was that was on Saturday night and Sunday morning. We got up. We were in late Saturday night. Where we was it four or five o'clock in the morning again, and then uh, up for church. Uh, early. <laughs> they bring us in after worship. You know what I mean. So I think <laughs> I think everybody there was it was tired and and um, 
man, I can only tell you what happened at the, at the church I was at, but I was able to empower them with uh, the authority that they carry and then did demonstration with an, a nine-year-old little boy, had him pray for a lady who was level nine out of ten pain, and Jesus completely healed her and then turned the congregation loose on one another to pray for healing and saw a bunch of folks healed and then prayed for, I think, every single person in the church one at a time and saw dozens of healings, dozens of healings, and tons of people get rocked by the Holy Spirit. I got to teach in Pastor Ben George's church, which he's the, he has 21, 22 churches at this point. Uh, he's one of the oldest Pakistanis you ever meet, and he's 60. And uh, <laughs> and he just had just retired from uh, working at the school, and so he's now he's like, now I can do this full time. I'm like, you have 22 churches. <laughs> He's like, but I want 100, so pray for me. He's like, now I can work harder. <laughs> I'm like, looks like you're doing pretty good, pretty good to me. So <clears throat> just amazing, amazing people. We were able to eat with them. They're, they're family by marriage uh, as well. So Sunday night, was uh, this was the last thing we did. We did the street meeting uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, we all had a touch of something. Um, I clearly got the worst of it for whatever reason. And um, I don't know if it's because I'm the tallest or what. But, um, and, uh, sorry, bad joke. But, um, so I, 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 just complete transparency. I'm like, I don't even want to go to this thing. Like, I just want to lay in bed because I feel like I could throw up at any moment. And um, <clears throat> so you go, and uh, Aaron preached the gospel, and I'll let him share his experience. Uh, with you all, but there was a moment when Joe and I looked at each other when the anointing of God and, and the presence came when Aaron was speaking, probably about four or five minutes in, and if that, then you're like, yep, the right guy for the right time in the right place. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it was beautiful. The young lady that you saw that was leading, she led worship at the crusade, uh, she led worship uh, here, see, there's the picture of Aaron sharing the gospel at a street meeting. I don't know. They said there might be 1,500 people there. I'm not sure. It was just, you just kept on walking. Uh, I didn't, couldn't see them going in because I was just getting pelted with rose petals. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, toss them. Don't chuck them at me. <laughs> I'm like, I feel honored. And also, I'm in pain. But uh no, it's, it's a beautiful ceremony. It's something to, you can't even articulate experiencing something like that. Um, so the young lady that led worship is, uh, uh, there she is right there. This guy playing the guitar, I just got a video of him. This, guy, this young dude was off the charts, guitar player. He's playing these riffs and he's not even looking at the guitar. For anybody that plays the guitar in here, where, where are they at? There's one back there. <laughs> I'm like... Whoa, he's super talented. He's like 23. So she has, she, uh, she is from, I can't pronounce her name, I'm sorry. She, she lives in Islamabad. She has a worship school that she only trains up girls in. They're all teenage girls. She has 150 teenage girls in her worship school. She's been leading worship since she was 13 years old. It's the first and only of its kind school in all of Pakistan. I, I looked at her Facebook page, and I'm like, you have 263,000 followers. <laughs> I'm like, you have 12 million views on YouTube. I'm like, oh, you're like famous. <laughs> I'm like, you're famous here, for sure. So it was just a good time. Um, 
but at the, at the street meeting, we prayed for a bunch of folks, but I'm going to get to the highlight. This was, um, there was a, a lot of, of miraculous things that happened. There were a lot of people that gave their life to Jesus that night as well. And so, you know, I'm just sitting on stage trying to hold it together, and, and this mother brings her little boy up to me. And as soon as he was four or five years old, and when he looked at me, you could look at him and, and think, cerebral palsy, you know, just from his facial features, you know what I'm talking about, how the eyes and everything are. And, and, and she didn't have to tell me what was wrong with him, but she, she stated through the translator, she did not speak English and she did not understand English. That's very important to the testimony. And she, she says through the translator, she says, he's mentally handicapped. Those weren't her words but because they're not always politically correct. And um, so she says he's mentally retarded. And, um, and so she says he hardly ever speaks. He'll speak a word every once in a while. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I, you know, it's one of those moments you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but we're going to pray and see what Jesus does. And so I put my hands on top of, I get down on the stage with him, and I put my hands on top of his head. And he bows his head and puts his hands like this. I'm like, looks like he's doing all right. I don't know who taught him that. And uh, so I just keep releasing peace over him. And just release peace over him and, and pray. To, I don't even know what I prayed. And um, just help Jesus, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, and so I take my hands off of his head. And without thinking, I start to ask him questions in English. And he starts responding to me in English in full sentences. And then he starts talking to his mom in English. Hey, mommy, pastors, look. And see, this, there's the poster that has my face and Donish and all on the, on, the, on, the, on the stage where we're at. And I'm like, has he ever done this before? And through the translator, you know, and she's like, no, absolutely not. It is by far one of the greatest miraculous things that I have ever seen in my life. And in that moment, I'm just like, whole trip was worth this. This. <laughs> and so it's just something. I mean, it's, it's one thing when you see an adult healed. It's something else when you see a child, you know, receive a miracle that totally changes their life in a moment. I'm like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so Father, we thank you for everything that you did in Pakistan. We give you the glory for every bit of it. We thank you that we can even share in the stories to be any part of it at all. We thank you for not only answering our prayers, but going far beyond anything we could ever dream, ask, or imagine. We thank you for making this possible. We thank you for the grace and the anointing. We thank you for such a great family that's here at Revive the World and our family that's in multiple different places that joined with us in this, prayed with us, sown, sowed into this, and believed and stood with us for the nation of Pakistan to become everything that you dreamed it would be. So thank you for not just another successful trip, but thank you for every single life 
that was born again. Thank you for every healing, every miracle, every demon that left. Thank you for every bit of ground that was taken back for the kingdom. Thank you for every little bit of darkness that had to leave because your light and your love were released in that place. We thank you. We thank you that we get to be a part of you changing the world through these little lives. Yes, and we celebrate with heaven. (laughs) I can't imagine what it looks like. The celebration, the celebration of heaven over every single soul, Lord, that was, was brought into divine nature, into divine alignment with what you've dreamed for a very long time. Yeah, thank you, Father. <laughs> In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. My gosh. <laughs> he sure is good, isn't he? That's one of those things when you sing, he keeps on getting better, you're like, yep. That's one of those, well, you're like, yeah. <laughs> and there's so much more. And so briefly in the next five or six, seven minutes, I just want to propose something to you uh, because the testimonies were great, but on the heels of that, it always makes me think. Uh, it always challenges me. It always turns me more towards him, closer to him, and it takes me into his word to see things like in Matthew 28 and, and 18 through 20 where he says, all authority, Jesus states, after the cross, after the resurrection, he, he goes to his disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of nations. I love what Leif Hetland says is uh, that the nations are not a problem to be achieved, but a promise to be received. <laughs> the nations are not a problem to be achieved, but a promise to be received. And so it's not a problem for us to achieve what the Father has asked us to do, but it is actually a promise for us to receive. And when we, those are not a matter of semantics, it actually is a matter of perspective on how do I look at what I have been given. In Psalms 2, it says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. I've prayed that for years and now we're seeing it take place. He's given us nations as an inheritance. But Jesus says something very prolific and yet very simple in Matthew 28, 18. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. You know, go is an action word. It actually denotes action. It calls for action. It calls us into action. And I believe that every single person that's been born again has been given a go on the inside of them. And each one of us have the responsibility to not only say yes, but figure out what is it that you have called me to do. Because there are no sideline Christians in the body of Christ. They're not people that sit by and watch and cheer the people on on stage or the people that are on the prayer team or the people that are doing outreach. This is all hands on deck type of thing that we've been called into. And so where... I had a missionary ask me this, ask us this, Lindsay and I and, and, a, whole, and a, a bunch of other people. We were at Current Church. It was an AG missionary 
This was at the old, old building. It was probably 2012. And she said one thing that is stuck in my mind forever. And she said, find the darkness that you are called to and go there. That's not just for us that are called to go overseas. And some of you in this room are, are called to go to different places in the nations. That's obvious to me. I don't know if it's obvious to you yet. Fortunately, I get a glimpse in, in some of that. I know that I see in part and know in part. But sometimes I get to see that part of it. And so some of you are called to the nations, but some of you aren't. But every one of us is called to be active in the body of Christ doing something because that's the grace that's the anointing, that's the gifting that we have is to do, to do something. What is that something? Because there's nothing in the body of Christ that is, uh, we don't compare. Like standing on stage in front of 80,000 is more valuable than, than serving uh, in, in a ministry that's not noticed as much. It's, it's, there's no, it's one person's called to one thing, another's called to another, but we are all the body of Christ, and we are one body called to be joined and knit together as one heart and one soul, moving together with one Holy Spirit, doing whatever it is that He has called us specifically to do. You know, I had a little kid tell me some years ago, I think it was my, my, my uh, little brother's uh, son, and uh, he was talking about staying in your lane. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, that's a real good word for everybody. <laughs> to what, what, is, what, is my, what is my lane? And I know that sometimes you're like, I have, I have no idea. For years I had no idea what I was supposed to do, but what Jesus taught me that while I was in the waiting, just do something. Just do something. Just do something to advance the kingdom. Do something to serve. Do something to give. Do, do some, whatever that is, we were created for that. If I am not doing anything, it's because either I don't know any better or I have chosen not to. But even in a moment like we had in worship today, that go can be reactivated because the grace of God hasn't went anywhere. We were, we were, I was asking Jesus right before the crusade, it was that, that night, we were sitting around praying, me, Joe, and Aaron, we're worshiping, we're praying, you know, that's the only thing we knew to do, and I asked Jesus two questions in almost any situation, I said, what do you want me to believe, and then what do you want me to do, in that order, because my doing should follow my believing, not the other way around, and so I asked him, what do you want me to believe, and what do you want me to do? His response, very quickly, was, I want you to trust me, and then I want you to do it. <laughs> I want you to believe you can trust me, and then I want you to do it. <laughs> and we laughed for like 20 minutes. Because <laughs> it just seemed so simple, right? But that is the whole kingdom. It's a simple gospel that we preach because it is a simple gospel. And it is literally, yes, I know that there is profound things that are beyond all of our comprehension and things that we'll never get that are in this word. If we get 1% of it, that will be a lot. But it is very simple in action. And it comes down to trusting Him, knowing that I can and then stepping out of the boat and walking wherever he asked me to go, knowing that just as Peter stepped out of the water, that Jesus is there, that he's not sending us anywhere, that he has not went before us, that he is not going to ask us to do anything that he hasn't experienced himself, 
that he is in this thing with us, that we are doing this as one. It's something that I talk to him about frequently now as I thank, I thank him daily that I get to do this with you. Not for you. I get to do this with you. Because he tells them in Matthew 28, he says, I'll be with you always. I'll always be with you. That didn't change. Because the great commission didn't change, him being with us hasn't changed, and his mind hasn't changed about what his plan is for this world. And so I thank God that I get to be a part of a body of believers who, who, is, who are active in what it looks like <clears throat> to, to change the world around us through his love. And so when I didn't know what to do, I just started going out to the store and, and loving people. When I didn't know what to do, I just loved the next person in front of me. When I didn't know what to do, I just asked the pastor, how can I serve? I just, I did whatever because I just wanted to be active because when I am already moving, it's easier to keep going. <laughs> so when I sit and don't do anything, it's harder to get started. You experienced that on the couch before, haven't you? like not motivated but if I stay active it's like working out after you've done it for so long so long you're in a routine and it's easier it's like you it's like you you can't not do it right now there are some days it's harder than others but it's easier to get motivated and so one thing I believe that's going to be imparted today is I believe that there's a boldness that's going to be imparted and I also believe that there's um <clears throat> I believe that there is an urgency that is going to be released to everybody that so desires it, to live in urgency. That is not living in fear. That is not living in stress. That is not living uh, trying to go a million miles an hour. It's living with this thing inside of me that knows that regardless of how long I have left on this earth, it's not going to be very long. And what am I going to do with what I've been given? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with what God has entrusted me with? What the blood of Jesus paid for? What will I do with it? It's the million dollar question. It's what heaven's waiting for. It's what they're actively actually watching and waiting for us to be active so that they can partner with us and back us in everything that the Father has called us to. Because not only are you not, not doing this by yourself and you are doing this with Jesus, but there's a heavenly host of angels that are also actively involved everywhere that you go and everything that you so choose to do. It's beautiful. It's like a whole army. You remember when uh, Elisha asked for his servant's eyes to be opened. Gehiza, I can't pronounce his name right, uh, <laughs> along with a thousand other names in the Old Testament. <clears throat> so <laughs> but he asked him, he said, would, Lord, would you open his eyes so that you can show him that there are more that are with us than there are against us? And I know the feeling of feeling like that there's more that are against you than are with you, but that's, that's just a matter of feelings. And remember that your feelings don't care about your future, but they are an, uh, an unbelievable indicator of what you believe in any given situation. <laughs> and so I let my feelings tell me what I'm believing. And at the same time, I realize that they're probably not an indicator of the truth. So I need his perspective. 
And I just want to turn your attention as I, I'm going to call for Aaron and Joe, and they're going to be the rest of the prayer team today. And I have you guys on standby to, to come up here. And um, we're going to pray for you all that, that want it. And um, there's this amazing passage in, in Acts chapter 4. And Peter and John have just been arrested because the lame man at the Gate of Beautiful got healed, had been lame over 40 years. And so they're, they're getting arrested for doing, doing something good. It's, it's just beautiful persecution. And Peter, you know, he is, talk about bold, he just told them in verse 12 of Acts 4, it's more of a famous verse, that there is not, there's salvation nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He just told the whole Sanhedrin that there's no one else that you can be saved by but Jesus. I thought, that's pretty bold. You know, and Peter had got it. You know, he realized the Holy Spirit had come upon him for a purpose. And it was to preach the gospel. And he immediately activated it. Because you know what? It's sometimes it's that, it's that active thing. And even when you're going through a funk, I've found this out myself. When you're sick, you're going through funk and refinement or whatever, you know what's the best thing you can do? Get outside yourself and love somebody else. Pray for somebody else because sometimes that will activate that thing on you, break that thing off of you, get you healed when you actually go and serve somebody else because that's kingdom life, right? Because the... the temptation is when I'm going through something to turn inward and then it make it all about me and then I become what? Become selfish again. And I live this thing and I'm not, I don't live like I'm dead anymore. <laughs> I live like I'm alive to that old thing. And so sometimes yeah, I've found that out and I know it's the last thing you want to do. I know it. I know it from personal experience. I can tell you a hundred testimonies of times where I didn't want to, I didn't want to be on that stage Sunday night. I didn't, I want to be laying in that hotel bed I wanted to be catering to myself and my own needs and the way that I felt, and I didn't want to throw up on anybody. So I thought that was fair, but you know what? I chose to make a decision in a moment that was not about me, regardless of how I felt. And so I got, went that night, and look what happens. Through one life that will say yes. It's just beautiful. It can happen through anybody. And so they are clearly... The disciples are clearly bold. Would we agree, agree with that? They're clearly bold. And um, in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. You want boldness? There's two keys that I can see in the Bible. One, being with Jesus. That's pretty simple. The other, it says that the, the righteous are as bold as lions. And so a revelation on how righteous you are in Christ is real important. I used to pray for boldness, and I realized I needed a revelation on righteousness, <laughs> that Jesus made me righteous, that I become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5. <clears throat> so those two things create boldness, and then the disciples, I won't read it all, but I, I want to just reference the prayer that they pray at the end of Acts chapter 4. He tells them, basically, they pray, they pray for more boldness. They don't pray for more boldness. They just pray for boldness because somehow it appears to me that they didn't think they were bold enough. And I thought, all right, got it. <laughs> pray for boldness. No matter how bold you feel, pray for more. And so that's what we're going to do today.
And I know that boldness, you can say boldness comes with wisdom and know when to do it, know when not to do it. I don't know, they went to jail for their faith, so I, I, that may not be a conversation you want to have with them. So, <laughs> but I don't want to... I don't want to put that on you. What I, I do want to do is for you to ask this question to Jesus yourself is what's it, what's it look like for me? What's it look like for me with my relationship, with my job and my family and my sphere of influence? What's the blueprint for you that you have for me to do what it is that you called me to do? What's it look like for me to actively, actively participate in the body of Christ? And, and I believe that most of you, if not all of you, already are in some way. But is it the same for me in this season? What's the grace and the anointing calling me into? And if you can't figure that out, then just ask somebody to serve somewhere. (laughs) And and while you're in motion, it will be easier to run into that thing. Because all we need to do, I used to, I get this question all the time. I don't know what I'm called to, don't know what I'm called, don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm like, I felt the same way. You know what I did? I just spent time with Jesus. And because I was headed in the right direction, I ran right into everything I was created to do. You'll run right into it when you're supposed to. Because I promise you this, you do not want to stand on a stage or be in a place that you're not prepared for. And so let Jesus prepare you in, the, in this season while you're going, whatever your goal looks like. So if you would stand with me, then have Aaron and Joe come. I know that was a, a mini message, but I believe the testimonies with it actually paint a picture. Because I want to, I want to tell, I want to be one hundred percent honest. Because you, you could think, you could think that being away from your family and traveling and, and going overseas and, and running hundred miles an hour and the time change and food that your body's not used to, you could think that that's exciting. And some of that would be right. But there's also a part of me that would just as soon not go. There's a part of me that would just as soon be here with you guys doing this because I love it. But I told Jesus years ago, this life doesn't belong to me. And somebody gave me a book in 2012 when I was at Assemblies of God camp. I don't even know what they call them, district meeting or something. And she was a message, missionary to the Arab world. And she said, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this book. And the title of the book is Live Dead. Jesus was saying a whole lot with just the title. And so because that's the goal of every single Christian, it's the goal of my life, it's the gospel, I choose to lay my life down even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't want to go, even when I don't want to be away from my wife, even when I don't want to be away from you guys. I still choose to because I made a promise to him. And every one of us that gave our lives to him upon salvation made a promise, whether we, leave it or, whether we believe it or not. It's the same similar promise that you make at the altar when you get married. It's a covenant. It's a covenant that I get to uphold my end, but I get grace to do it. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't do what I do. It's just that simple. And you've got grace to do what you're called to do, regardless of whether you feel like it or not. You get to choose. We get to choose on a daily basis. And God's waking up the body of Christ in, in, in America to new things. And I believe that we're going to go into something really new come the end of this year. 
going into the new year, I believe that he's, he's awakening us to the awareness of everything that he's been dreaming for us for a very long time. And I feel the excitement of heaven on it. I really do. And, and we get to say yes to it, right? Whatever it looks like for you, don't look at my life and say, I want it to look like that unless Jesus tells you that. I hope you look at my life and just say, he said yes, that's it. He said yes with no formal education, no formal training like the disciples. He said yes, he was untrained, he was uneducated, and yet looks like he'd been with Jesus. I can do that. <laughs> that's it. Just be with Jesus. It's that simple. Daily time with Jesus. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And for as many of you as would like impartation, we're going to have you come up to the front. Um, as we pray, just hold on before you come up front. As we pray, this is going to go a little bit longer than we're accustomed to. So if you've got kids, you, you may need to grab them, bring them out here, get prayer, have them get prayer. We'll lay hands on them too. Um, so right after I begin to pray, some of you that need to grab kids, grab them, just have them sit with you, have them pray with you. We'll just get, get them impartation. They don't have to understand what it is. You can I've prayed for people that got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, we'll pray for it. We'll, we'll explain what it is later. <laughs> Look, let's just get it, and then we'll teach it to you. <laughs> it doesn't have to go the other way around, trust me. And you guys know that. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for impartation. And as I pray, and you feel the presence of God come on you, and you feel this unction to come up front, come, if you so choose. And we're going to lay hands on you, and there's something about contact. It doesn't have to happen that way, but it's a biblical principle of laying on of hands. It's in Hebrews 6. It's powerful. Remember, Moses prayed for Joshua, and he became brilliant in a moment. You know, God can change everything in a moment. <laughs> We've learned that, you know. And so as we pray, and thanks, Sarah. Sarah plays. Just come as you're led, and um, it may look like holy chaos, it doesn't matter. We're just going to release what Jesus has given us and imparted to us while we were there. We got to get it, and we get to bring it back and release it, you know, because it's not ours. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you for this divine appointment that you have for us today. Holy Spirit, would you... Make yourself more experiential in this room right now. And for those that are online, that they would receive everything that you have for them as well. Would you come with everything that you have for every individual person to not only activate the go on the inside of them, but that you would actually initiate something new. The urgency to do whatever it is that you have created them to do specifically the assignment that you have on their life. <laughs> Whether it sends them across the world or right down the street, we thank you for it. So we thank you, Father, that as this happens, that the grace to do whatever it is is already present. We thank you for the anointing and the gifting being activated in new ways. And we thank you for the boldness as we saw the disciples pray for, we pray also that you would grant unto us, your servants, your sons, your daughters, the boldness to speak your word in every situation, to stand up for truth, 
to stand united with the body of Christ and everything that you've called us to that we would never back down but as we sung today that every time darkness tries to get in the way that we will make sure that it doesn't stay in the way by the authority that you have given us and so we thank you father for nothing stopping us from everything that you've dreamed we would do and everything that you already see us as so come now holy spirit with everything that you've got for every person we thank you for the impartation that we have received from our our brothers and sisters in Pakistan from the persecuted church we thank you for what we got today and we we pray that it would be released in ways that we can't even dream up there would be way greater ways that we have received it for ourselves and for our families that it would be imparted to every family that is represented here today yeah thank you father Thank you. Thank you for the more. Thank you for the more today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.